Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I am one of your hosts, Reed, aka Sick Robot, and today I am joined by my co-host Matt, aka Null. Yo. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? We are we are missing Lyndon Noobzors for another episode in a row, but I ensure you we'll be back for the next one because he's got to he's got to earn his keep, you know, earn his share of the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, zero dollars that we make it's anyway <laughs> exam season i don't know yeah um in this episode we are going to be covering white this is another entry in our colors series we're getting there getting close i've been pushing for this one for a bit but you know we only really resort to these when we're fully out of ideas so okay, happy okay. That you're getting we don't have one. to say that <laughs> anyway before we get into that one um you guys is up to anything since last episode that you want to get on with matt yeah, well, I did go to the face-to-face tour in Toronto, which is a modern oh, main event. Oh, you did, right? But um, they did have a lot of side pods going. They had regular Commander pods and Commander Plus, which I guess is their like you win a prize, so bring your best deck. And there were actually some Ceh decks there, which I was did pleasantly you just pub surprised to noobs? see. Uh, I I went mana pot or money positive. Hey, that's pretty good. Which is which is not bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was fun. It was cool to see a bunch of people IRL playing Magic. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you know what won the event? I, I'm just interested. Oh, uh, actually, look it up. I I, I guess oh, instead of asking was, you who didn't enter the yeah, event, didn't really care. I could probably just go look it up. I think it was but... like it was either Elementals or Yawgmoth. Yeah, like okay. Just money pile. Like that's actually makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of what's been Kelly Modern at this point, right? Yeah, just, I mean, I, dude, I've been saying this for a bit now, and I'm pretty sure you both heard me complaining about this. Like, if they, literally, if they ban Yorian from Modern, they will have fixed all of the broken companions, and they can literally just revert the errata after they do but that. They <laughs> all, all of the busted commanders have been banned in all the formats, even post errata at this point, so they can just ban it and revert it, and we're all fine. That being but said, I did see a spicy won't. rendition of Amori. Which is basically the commander deck I built, but in modern. So you only play <laughs> nice. sorceries, and you win with uh, looking, uh, you win with uh, torment of hailfire. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and apparently, five would says Magic Online. I do feel compelled to point out when discussing the companion errata, I I very specifically said this sucks because all the decks that like relied on their companion to work properly get slammed and all the decks that just kind of free rolled a companion for value yep. don't actually get hit that hard and and here we, we are behold <laughs> every Dude, deck Aetherfile was happy i don't know which is strange because Aetherval shouldn't be happy. Yorian is just that good. Like the the whole point of Aetherval decks is that like you you need the density of Aether Vials in order to for them to be effective, like mana accelerants. Because you're basically you're conceding every other possible mana accelerant for the most part, except for the Aether Vials to play Aether Vials yeah. in your deck. So yeah. like the fact that you could also just play eighty card Aether Vial decks and they're still fine is just not okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Morgan. Uh, I guess technically this isn't since last episode, but I don't think I got a chance to uh, brag on that mm-hmm. one. 
we entered the Chaos at the Nexus tournament. And, oh, we did. Uh, I uh, I top fourd. Finally, wow. have an Got event him. result playing Hullen, so the Hullen server <laughs> nice. can no longer Stop whine at me for not playing the deck. <laughs> That's a cool deck. Really Actually, yeah. I'm sorry. I I I take that back. Hullen players definitely aren't yellers. They're definitely whiners. <laughs> <laughs> the Holland server's great, and I love them. So. Okay, so we've got yellows, yeah. whiners, what else? What are the categories? Oh, uh, yeah, true. You rank, <laughs> rank deck pilots by what kind of complainer they are. <laughs> although, although I, just, archetypes. <laughs> it's actually the best tier list. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a funny story from that event. Uh, my first pod was me, and then Tim Natana, Tim Thrasios, and Thrasios Vile Smasher. And everyone reveals their commanders, and, like, people are immediately, like, joking, you know, giving me, like, you know, semi-fake sympathy, like, oh, wow, you know, one, like, expensive commander-centric deck and just a, a pod full of partners. But I was actually sitting there, like, this is perfect. I'm yeah, going to out-mid-range all of you <laughs> so hard. Nice. Uh. <laughs> So, it's so impossible to deal with that deck without Tyrannus. Anyway, <laughs> without further yeah. ado, we'll, uh, we'll hop into housekeeping. That's some of Tyrannus, new... I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we got some, uh, some new patrons, as always. So, thank you to Lucas H. Uh, thank you to Andrea J. Yeah. Um, I, I said I'd stop last episode. I'm not going to carry it on anymore. London stopped. Yeah, far, well, far stop line, saying you so. rock. Oh, yeah. shit. oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. All right. Um, go to new developments now. Um, I mean, this is really the only one. Uh, the day that we're recording this is the day after the decklist database update went out. So, I mean, if you're not already following the Twitter or in the Discord server, do that. If you're interested, eh, go check it out. There's some pretty, pretty neat, neat decks on this update. Maybe like, I uh, shouldn't ask this now, but th there's a Twitter. Yeah, we uh, we started one up a, a while back. It's literally just so that people don't have to be in the Discord to get updates. <laughs> if you if you follow the database uh, Twitter, um, you don't want to be in the Discord or whatever. We just we post whenever we're doing updates, policy changes, pushing like new reviewer uh, applications, all that kind of stuff. So you know, do you actually if you publish want the change log stuff, or just we do. We publish a yeah. screenshot okay. of the change log from the Discord. So all that good stuff. I would love uh, to see that on the website, but you know, I'm old-fashioned, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I won't get into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So with that, we'll get into our main topic: uh, white in CDH and Commander. Um, again, for anybody who, I I don't know. I I guess you could just be hopping in. This is a really weird time to hop in if you are, but we're now. F on our fourth out of the five colors in our monocolored series where we just we just talk about like the basically what role um our colors actually play in cdh what they do well what they actually contribute to the decks through it all that good stuff and it's just sort of like an analysis of what they do um which is hilarious that we've taken this long to get through all of them because i think all some of our old conclusions from other episodes are already out of date um even though they were yeah. done like less than a year ago at this point, I think. I'm also happy though that we waited on white a little bit because there have been some new cards. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that make white more and more viable. 
And there are definitely some new, like, design concepts that Wizards is experimenting with that, like, is definitely... Makes it an interesting time for White that we can sort of speculate on. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll go through a couple sort of categories of White, of what White contributes and sort of just talk through a bunch of this stuff. We'll try not to turn it into a list episode, although inevitably all of our episodes turn into list episodes. Um, but we'll, we'll try to keep it about concepts rather than just talking about cards. Um, anyway... So the first thing that we typically go through on these uh, on these episodes is talking about um, basically just what the what the combos that the color contributes to the format are. Um, white is sort of funny in that it doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really compose any like huge combos on its own, or really I don't know. Like I would say white contributes to any of like the format defining combos is how I'd put it. Which is unfortunately um, why we're seeing yeah. a lot of like, I mean, a shell for combos. Uh, yeah. Probably the closest to that would be uh, like Sevrek, but that's like <laughs> it's yeah, just like mm. barely. And like there are lots of decks that play Intuition and Breach and don't need a Sevrek, so yeah. Like, it's just yeah, it's it's weird because like I so this is gonna be a running theme throughout this uh. So it can be a running theme throughout this entire episode, and basically whenever you see white mentioned in the context of EDH ever, really magic ever, um, white is, like, just super fair. Just, like, unbelievably fair, and, like, not unfair in a lot of ways, uh, which sort of lends itself to not being a great combo color, just in general. Obviously, design mistakes get printed all the time, but for the most part, like, Wizards tends to be... It seems like they tend to be pretty pretty conservative in terms of what types of effects that they actually want to push in white um so we haven't gotten a lot but we do have we do have a list of some stuff in here um i'd say the first one that we have here is probably the poster child for white's <laughs> combo packages which is just feldar guardian <laughs> yeah the kiki classic kiki core card um i don't know it, yeah. like it it contributes to a lot you can do pod stuff with it yeah i was gonna say even just Pod without Kiki, like Father Guardian makes sense. Yeah, you just like skip stuff, you get fast flickers, um, which is sort of nice. Um oh sure. I guess the other one would just be uh like MEL plus Feldar plus Guy's Cradle as the other like Feldar Guardian combo. But yeah, I mean just like <laughs> contributing to contributing to pod lines and like survival of the fittest lines and stuff is just sort of uh that's it, sort of going to be a running theme in terms of a lot of White's combos. <laughs> that being said, the next one up, I don't know if somebody else wants to handle this, but this is, like, probably sure. one of the most real combos in just White. Yeah, this it's is a deck. I'd say it's, like, the most mono-White combo. Right. Uh, it does sure. feel white In that it loses to everything. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you can't play Come any on, of the bro. White stacks with this. <laughs> Yeah, you Leon play plus exactly. Ballista. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yep. That's no longer an inside joke. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh... Yeah. Lose a curse turn, lose null rod. Suppression field sort of is rough for it, but, you know, gets under rule of law. Pieces are absolutely law. terrible on their own, depending on what type of deck you're running. Yeah, Ballista's generally just good. That being said, you don't necessarily want to bin your Ballista in this deck. Yeah, it's uh. Oh, it's like step- actually use it, yeah. Like actually, <laughs> yeah. Complete the ballista. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that the ballista has to have two counters on it is like 
It just makes the whole combo, like, a little bit awkward. It, it feels like it should be a really cheap combo, and then... It's like a three-mana and a zero-mana card. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a three-mana and a zero-mana card, and it's a nine-mana combo. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can, you can, like, change that up a little bit by... Like, if you have a life gain trigger, then, you know, that means you only have to play the Ballista for one, and... You can obviously just play Helion ahead of time. It's an yeah, indestructible enchantment, but but um, yeah, it's definitely like surprisingly mana intensive for a card with pieces as cheap as its pieces are, and like one that also is hit by both Nolrod and Curse Totem. I think if I think if Heliod were actually in any other color, and like in addition, it would be pretty competitive. Basically, uh, yeah. I don't know if zone. I don't know if white red Heliod Ballista would be, would like get you that much. Yeah. You'd obviously get some Similar good cards, but tutors. like, I mean, blue gives you the artifact tutors. Red just gives, gives you the artifact tutors. Yeah. I mean, red it doesn't even really give you much because you can't like you can't weld Ballista in to do the combo is the issue, right? Like you actually just have to cast it for two. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like it just yeah <laughs> just sort of rough i mean you get imperial recruiter that's obviously nice but yeah um yeah so i mean we, we got some other ones here um i'd say probably the next tier down <laughs> well okay so <laughs> wait hang on a second i'm gonna reorder these so we can have them in decreasing yeah. order of how white they are as yeah, mono white combos. Okay. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> <Let's> say, okay. <laughs> um, next up, we got uh, well, we have Bomberman. Um, it's sort of a similar thing, but I feel like Bomberman is just like way less good in like low color white, whereas like Killian Ballista is like the low color white combo if you're playing a low color white combo. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely not the best combo. I think it it fits well in decks that are already going to be playing the LED at the very least. Yeah. Um, and and so then it's like kind of a one-card slot in. Um, historically, it's obviously seen play in Cats primarily. Um, I would say it's pretty, like, defining of the format. I think it, I think it it's was. It's just an old I don't, combo. I, I, yeah. And it kind of holds up. It kind of holds up, but it's still, like, it's pretty hate, like, vulnerable for... Yeah, basically all the hate. Yeah, all, all the hate and discarding your hand, so all the removal um, and, and counter spells. Well, counter spells are, like, obviously, if you just have a bit of extra mana, then you can get around. Actually, <laughs> actually does that make Bomberman more white because it also just requires a silence and the counter magic doesn't work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you can only defend it with white effects. Play into white's strength. <laughs> true. You can, you can defend silence. it with Veil. Veil, Veil's pretty solid. Um, sort yeah, of Veil's okay. Yeah. Um, I guess next up we have uh, the Rectors, both Academy and Arena. Um, Arena is sort of a recent one to actually be a combo card yeah. at this point. Uh, yeah, tacked on here with the printing of Vivian. You can uh, do with it like if you sack it, you get uh, three mana pod chains for or like if you have anything that has CMC three, you have pod chains um, for for Kiki with like the classic Karmic it, Guide Naya. or Feldar Guardian Karmic Guide Kiki stuff. Um, there's probably some other like 
maybe not clean wins, but stuff you can do in better colors. Um, oh yeah, I mean, just like having having a pod that doesn't cost mana to activate is just pretty nice, right? Yeah. It it also might actually enable like. There's probably the, I don't, I doubt they'll be good, but they're probably actually sorry. I know there are pod chains in other colors. They just like suck because you have to activate the pod so many times, and like sometimes you're doing uh like flicker effects and stuff. Like like you right. Like I I remember mathing out a line that like involved finding and casting cloud shift. Um, oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> so like wow. like at, at the end of the at the end of the day, the line was like seven white white or something but like when the pod is free that's actually like a lot you know more reasonable to to chain yeah. through a bunch yes. of like i mean like you could just if you really wanted to you could just go like uh feldar guardian karmic guide um the the six mana flicker angel like rune scar demon for another flicker Rasikath. <laughs> go all the way up. Just yeah. go all the way up, exactly. But like that is it's not good, obviously, but it's a lot more reasonable yeah, but, when yeah, you're not but, paying like, one mana for each bot. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that like you could just do like Sans red stuff is definitely sort of nice with it. And then of course, as we all know, Academy Rector. Um classic. Obviously, everybody and their mother is uh, just super hot on Academy Rector for Omniscience right now, because that's always been the combo, and there's never Wait, been right another now? combo with Academy Rector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, just, there's just never God been another it. combo with him. <laughs> I got Matt there. I don't think I got Morgan, but I got yeah, Matt. Yeah, I was going to be Yeah, I mean, this again. Academy, Academy Rector for Pattern of Rebirth has been a, has been a mainstay, dare I say, since... I started playing it. <laughs> no. No, no, wow. no, no. Um, no, no, no. Uh, Academy Rector is solid boon. Since tech. Reed invented Flash Hog. <laughs> yep, Dude, exactly. Academy Rector for Possibility Storm? Holy moly. That's also pretty I hot. have done that. <laughs> I, I know. Um, Possibility Storm is still in decks. It's a hell of a card. Um, and, and Yeah, I mean... Did... Sorry, go ahead. Oh no! I was just about to say, like, I yeah, I I think the I think the rectors are honestly sort of awesome design, um, and even getting like I I'm not sure what the other other rector could be that wouldn't be absolutely busted, but I I'd be, I, like I would be interested in seeing more design along those lines, um, because it feels like they're not super busted in non CDH formats. Does anything terrible CDH, happen if you have like an artifact rector? Yeah, I was sort of thinking about that, because, like, well, its base level is just Citadel, right? Yeah. Like, Creature Tutorable Citadel. But, doesn't like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how bad that actually is, right? Yeah. I'll, I, think um. it's, I think it's less unhealthy in, like, in more, the more casual end of the format than Rector for Omniscience is already, so. Right. And Paradox Paradox Engine is. <laughs> continues to be banned, so that's not an issue. Oh, <laughs> Just no, never an option. Uh, <laughs> pr proof of work omniscience. <laughs> uh, um, what's, omniscience. So if that's proof of work omniscience, I've been meaning to ask this question for a while. What's oh, proof God. of stake omniscience? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, um, no, no. As foretold. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> Just let it sit around for a while. You just have to invest early and <laughs> yeah. and wait for a while, or dump a lot of resources into getting into it quickly. Yeah. Um, oh. Cool. 
and then the last the last combo card that we have the the most least white combo piece (laughs) (laughs) it is of course sacred guide famously combos with not playing white cards (laughs) which honestly is that not just the best white combo you just don't play other white cards (laughs) really double down on the whole theme Oh yeah, I wanna, dude. I wanna. <laughs> that's that's my next challenge to Charles if he's listening to this. Is you need to build a sacred deck, mono white deck. <laughs> he, he, were I don't not, care. Were you not there like, when he was but... saying he was considering putting it in his mono white decks? Oh, that's hilarious. Just, just as, what? Like, as like to, to like to like free roll. Like yeah. Basically, the the idea is like white spells are the white spells he's playing are more impactful than the non white spells, and so, right, so it's just... worth it to pay three mana to just roll yeah. into a white spell. Like <laughs> it's basically it, it, just it's... a white abundance. <laughs> like... I mean, it it sacrifices it. abundant harvest. Thank you, or not abundant harvest. Wait, abundant. Uh. Whatever the one, the one time abundance yeah the one time sure. abundance um yeah I forget thank you it, it's abundant harvest guide? abundant harvest oh I thought uh maybe I was like confusing with early harvest or something yeah the fact that like sacred god actually sacrifices itself I guess you could do like cool stuff with uh what's it called um like angelic renewal and stuff like that with sacred god uh. just like keep reusing it draw white yeah. cards there, there's there are a few white cards that also like. Uh, reanimate, reanimate cheap, stuff. really cheap stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, you know, Sacred Guide just. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much more actually needs to be said about it. Just you know, funny, funny, haha meme. Go play white. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So those those are like the core combos that white really contributes to for the most part. Um, obviously there's there's like some other sort of like combo related stuff that it does, but we'll sort of get into that one in the next segment of our podcast um which is the key themes part so we're just sort of going to talk through some of the sort of the core strengths key themes along um uh white cdh cards in general um specifically at the top end of the format because certainly the colors that we're talking about have uh have probably more defined roles in other areas in the lower end of the format. Um, but once you get up to the higher end, it's really, what does it do like the absolute best? Um, which we'll talk about here. Uh, so the first thing that we're going to talk about just to get out of the way, I think is just talking about the type of interaction that white has access to, um, which really isn't a whole lot in terms of like categories. But I think the number of effects is probably like once you start factoring in subcategories here is probably uh probably pretty large. Anyway, yeah. um, first up here we have uh, silence effects. Um, so these are sort of a classic white effect. Um, actual factual silence. Uh, grand abolisher are sort of the classic two, but then you also have like variant silences Ranger like captain. Orms, chant rangers uh, ranger captain. Um, the Ooh, I'm struggling to name some of these. There were, okay. There's Point a couple being, that you there can are a lot of combat, narrow silences and like other yeah. like copies of silence effects. Um, it's a strong card, so I don't yeah. mind there being restrictions <laughs> attached to yeah, it. Yeah, I I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure the far I would be better off if we had like six one mana silence effects. No, <laughs> but, I'm actually uh, pretty down for that not to be reality. Uh, maybe yeah. if they were like, <laughs> no, no. 
No, I'm just down for that not to be a thing. So, so can I can I trigger an aneurysm for you real quick? I'd Imagine if the did. white free cast commander spell was a silence. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> you just have to turn the green That's one into a disenchant, so turn the white one into a silence, and now we have an incredibly busted cycle of cards. Or just the yeah. white channel land was a silence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three meta channel for silence. <laughs> but unless you control a legendary permanent, it costs one less. Oh yeah, two meta uncatterable silence. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's like so that's pretty much the extent of white stack interaction for the most point, is sort of like proactive sound effects. Um realistically the next and the truly large large category that we'll sort of talk about it on its own but just noting it here in the interaction is stacks effects um obviously yeah, worthy white... of its own category for sure but yeah also it is interaction it, it is 100 percent interaction and it's sort of as it demonstrates the difference between if you if you consider white and blue sort of the classic control colors it sort of gives you an idea of what they actually what their form of interaction actually is in terms of, like, interacting on the stack. Blue does a lot of, like, putting spells on the stack to interact with other things on the stack. White sort of wants to get ahead of stuff being on the stack by developing, like, permanence, get, like, getting permanence into play that interfere with your opponents actually, like, putting things on the stack. Uh, a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But we will we will certainly get a bit more into depth on um, stacks in a second, but we'll we'll sort of get through the rest of this. Um, in terms of uh, removal, white has a lot of it. White can basically deal with any uh, basically deal with any permanent type. Um, it has uh, creature removal at a reasonable cost. Uh, it has disenchants at reasonable costs. Um, you can kill planeswalkers with yeah. stuff. Disenchant kill... being a white card. <laughs> Dis yep. Disenchant <laughs> is in fact a white card. Classic. Planeswalkers. But it, also it's sort of... generic permanent targeting. Uh yeah, I feel like there's probably less of that um in mono white specifically, but white definitely contributes guess, yeah, to like target yeah. anything to a lot of removal spells that we see. Um Vindicate is like classically like white brings the breadth of destruction there, right? Um Whereas yeah, black gives definitely. the actual, like, destroy target thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just sort of a... White's, white's pretty nice to have in a color, um, as a color in the format, just because it, like, it just lets you... It, it opens up, like, okay, like, I need a swords effect, so I'm going to play swords to plowshares. I need a second one, I'm going to play this path to exile. Like, I need a disenchant. Okay, well, I'll either play, like, actual disenchant, or I can play, like, a fragmentize, or just, like, stuff like that. I can, I can basically deal with anything on the battlefield and i feel like if you played with a lot of white decks in cdh and then you like go and play a different color combination it's actually like relatively often that like when you're not playing white you sort of end up being like oh this is this starts to get sort of awkward to actually find more removal spells um especially if you're not in like black and green and then um like suddenly you don't have assassin trophy and abrupt again anymore and you're like, okay, well, I guess all yeah. of my removal is, like, temporary. Like, I have to, like, bounce stuff with blue. Or, like, my green can't kill creatures. Or, like, my black can't really kill, <laughs> like, enchantments or artifacts. That's certainly just can't kill so much not removal. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so they're they're like they're it it actually it's a, I feel like it's sort of like the silent part of White's interactive uh, suite, but it, like just the fact that you have options to remove stuff is very strong. Yep. Uh, and then I mean this is sort of a meme as well, but we have a uh, mass land destruction here because White does does in fact technically kill lands if it needs to. Yep. Um, Although Unconditional, it's... on its own, mass land destruction if you need it. But please don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would love to see a CDH where MLD was actually good, but unfortunately that's just not current CDH. Nope. I don't know. What's, what's, okay, here, here's a question. I, I, I'm going to keep getting, keep going on tangents here, but okay. What's, what do you think the shortest path to a CDH where MLD is good is? Like, uh, bandings on bandings, like new printings. Well, okay, if you count balance, then that. Um, but if you don't... <laughs> <laughs> which, we also missed the opportunity when saying that, that white cards are generally balanced, to point out, except, ironically, for balance. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think, I think it, it has to start with a fast mana ban. Yeah, fast mana ban, definitely. Right. And then you sort of just, like, only really opened up to green, and then, like, maybe if you end up with, like, a low green meadow without pass mana. And then, then like, a two mana card that makes a lock with Lavinia. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop. Uh, Good old Uh, two mana possibilities for him. (laughs) Sometimes, I I spent enough time dunking on Callahan, sometimes I just have to throw them a bone. (laughs) If they just double down on, like, Clasms with I don't know, extra things, draw, or just, like, good Clasm commanders, then that would get rid of the dorks making up for your rocks. In which case... Oh, sure. You'd have to, you'd just have like, to delete lands. Just like a white commander with, like, its static abilities, just ability, like, activated abilities of non-land permanents can't be activated. Yeah, something <laughs> stupid, yeah. Yeah. How... Okay, never I I was about to go on a another tangent and go into tangent square territory we'll get back on track here um <laughs> uh so yeah moving into like actual the actual factual stack because this is sort of like sex this is sort of the meat and bones of what white has going on in cdh for the most part it, it sort of feels like everything that's not stacks that white has going on is sort of like piecemeal like maybe like silence the silences are maybe the most like cohesive category of things that white does on a cdh level um, but stacks is certainly like what you play white for in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, and we kind of struggle to separate hate bears from stacks, just like semantically. But I think, honestly, thinking about it, I think it's just because there's a lot of creature-based stacks that gets played. Yeah, and it's it's certainly been like sort of the waters have been muddied a bit in terms of what Wizards has been printing, especially like maybe not like recently, recently, but in the past five years or so of just like putting a lot of historically, like, enchantment-based or artifact-based stacks effects on legs and just, like, putting them on a body and shoving them out the door. Um, like, we've seen a lot of, like, Torpor orbs get printed on legs recently. Again, past five years yeah. <laughs> recently, but, like... Um, it's good for other formats. They, they yeah. like, really went on a blitz with those and then and then kind of stopped, huh? Like, it was not many uh, years... Oh, Torpor orbs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, we got a bunch in a very short amount of time, and then we haven't... What was the last one we got was Hushbringer? That was 2019, 
14? Jesus. Uh, no, we, no, no, we got the one in Strixhaven that's conditional. Oh, like where they cost two what is it? more? Proctor? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Strict Proctor? Yeah. yeah. Basically, basically, when Landfall was in standard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Just got to shut down Field of the Dead, even though, like, they always. Uh, Wizards always wants to print the counter to the busted card like a set later and it's never enough it's never enough <laughs> uh, remember remember Gold. when they printed Dranith <laughs> that's and then, the exact example yeah. and then and then they were like no we're just gonna we're gonna dunk on commander and it's not even gonna solve companions brilliant <laughs> we're gonna errat a <laughs> companion so that they're yeah. no longer affected by the hate piece that was intended uh, to stop them yeah <laughs> anyway accidents, am i right um yeah so we we have a couple of categories here that we'll sort of run through um and as much as i don't want to again turn this into a list podcast we'll certainly list off some cards that fit into these categories uh matt if you want to go first just on yeah on hate bears yeah you know just yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, well, we mentioned Drana. on here first, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, a, a classic one is Even Mind Sensor. Um, which, uh... <laughs> is so, yeah, redundant yeah, yeah. with a better one, <laughs> but I think we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I guess, okay, I guess we could sort of, like, walk through a bunch of these. Well, there's, there's just overlap with Hate Bear specifically, but yeah, um... I mean, so specifically, like the the ones that we tend to see a lot, I guess, are um, rule of laws and tax effects that we have here, and then those sort of also just happen to bleed over into hate bears as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it it sort of just feels like hate bear, or sorry, not hate bears. Uh, rule of laws are just sort of like the place to be in terms of tax effects right now. Um, and it's sort of hard to come up with like cohesive, like super cohesive sets of stacks effects that uh, White is known for currently. But eh, there, there, yeah. there are a well, few. Rule of laws are pretty much that, like strictly White. I can't really think of a lot of rule of law effects in other colors. With the like, there's there's exactly the Arcane of, yeah. Lab. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which one could argue? Well is the original one could argue that the effect should be named for but um de def yeah, fair enough. definitely uh like there there's white has more uh has more of the prevention like or sorry can't activate effects than than most other colors like obviously there's collector yeah. even green which is probably the one that actually sees the most play but and is sort of like a bit of a color pie bend i would argue but not by that much but sort of just like in terms of like what effects that we typically see in like white just like static on a on a body yeah. i guess um, now that we're yeah. talking about it like opposition agent being a color bend basically being a better even mind sensor is a yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there, there are a lot of uh recently printed hate bears <laughs> like specifically like collector roof off agent and hall preacher were all just like probably all effects that should have just Dunks. been white but <laughs> yeah aren't unfortunately um but yeah like what yeah it, it's sort of interesting because white again 
the cohesiveness of like a, a through line of certain effects isn't really there until you sort of look at the meta picture which is that white just has a lot of stuff that says you can't um or don't or just you know pay more for that thing yeah the through um, line in is general. interacts with the meta that's it <laughs> yeah i guess so um yeah there's just like a bunch of stuff you know like there's um linvala sanctum prelate um tax effects like thalia hushman griff uh Glow Rider. Hushman Griff is a Torpor Glow yeah. Rider. I always get those ones mixed up. Anyway. Um, Vryn Wingmare is the one you're thinking of. Vryn Wingmare. Vryn? Wait. What are, okay. Vryn, wait, Wingmare, Vryn is, Wingmare is a just... Thalia Glow Rider effect. It, like, non green. It's a thorn. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. With um, flying. With flying. And then, yeah, I mean, aside from that, in terms of stacks effects in non-creature bodies, they just go on and on and on. Um, certainly, graveyard hate is something that white has in its color define is tends to be used yeah. to pretty great effect in a lot of CDH metas. Um, but also, I mean, there's there's always stuff that hates on like artifacts. You can have uh, um, stony Kataki. silence forever, um, Kataki, or of silence. Um, like there's there's just a ton of specifically artifact hate, I guess, um, is the big one. But yeah, White just has, yeah, again, a lot of stuff that says no to whatever your opponents really want to do. Um, and you sort of just have to go digging to find the effect that you actually need for a given meta, but it's like almost a foregone conclusion that White is going to have what you need in its very deep set of uh, of effects. You just sort of have to figure out whether or not it's at a rate that you're actually willing to pay. Yeah, it needs to be at the right cost. Yeah. And... I hate to say, but <laughs> it doesn't happen to always be at the right cost. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the big one, right? Is that we see we do see like white have a lot of really powerful stacks effects that just like are are just far too expensive to be of actual use in CDH for the most part. Unless you're like trying to cheat it out of reanimator or something. Um certainly Alice Norn is an example of something like that where it's like, yeah, great super powerful effect. It's just nobody's ever hard casting this. Like you're yeah. almost always going for reanimates on Alice Norn or stuff. Um, I guess, sorry, I guess the, some of the, like, the Wincala stack stuff is trying to hard catch Alice Norton, but it's sort of outside of the realm of, you play it as your finisher. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys actually want to touch on anything else here in terms of stacks, but it's just sort of, you know, walking through. No, I think that's good. Like, we could list yeah. a bunch of cards, but. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of permanents that say no, um, as opposed to blues spells which say no just you know persistent and they stick around on legs and sticks and i don't know morgan what do you what do you call an effect on an enchantment i i don't know there's pro probably <laughs> something clever but there's a term right yeah um anyway aside from that uh we have a couple more uh categories for white strengths yeah. um i started this next one so i'll just go through it briefly. yeah go I, for I wrote, it i wrote value and I could come up with Smothering Tide and Sentinel, but at this point, I feel so, like it kind of stops there. I, th I think I think the probably the more accurate version of this effect is that, um, and this is this is sort of what we were talking about earlier with uh, Wizards experiment experimenting, excuse me, with new design space, especially for white in multiplayer formats. It's super niche, but they have they have actually been doing a fair amount of experimenting, which is um, white producing. Uh, advantage or value based off of your opponent's um, actions. Um, 
so you actually see this in both Smothering Tribe and Sentinel, where they're both like relatively powerful effects, but like the advantages that they generate are both tied to your opponents actually doing things. If your opponents aren't casting spells or drawing cards or whatever, I mean, Smothering Tribe obviously triggers on draw steps, but um, like if your opponents aren't doing stuff, then you're not going to get much out of them. But as soon as your opponents start doing things, then you start generating value from them. Um, we we actually saw this in recent spoiler season as well uh, with... Oh, I can never find it when I need to. Um, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, Smuggler's Share, um, which is yeah. the at the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each player opponent who drew two more cards this turn, and then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands entered the battlefield and control this turn. Same sort of thing. Um, we also saw it with like, monologue tax, all that kind of stuff. Um, Mangara. Uh, there's just a lot True. of um, Mangara. Yeah. Dude, underplayed. Format of Chrome. <laughs> I don't know anyway. about underplayed, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, people... I think the two that we mentioned basically make the cut and all and most white decks. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, it's you know what? I'm happy to see more of these, but I do have to say, like, if you are trying to just build this like value slash take advantage of other players doing things type deck, like. There are better cards in other colors, and they just get lumped together. Oh yeah, certainly. This is just like sort of a modern take on uh, white, and especially I, I think yeah. it's one of white's strengths in CDH specifically, um, outside of the stuff that we've that we've already talked about. Um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, aside from that, um, of course we always have to talk about the tutors for a given color and what can actually get through here. Um, this one's gonna be a bit. <laughs> we're gonna be a bit more comprehensive with this uh list than we have been with previous color know. lists. It kind of because... reminds me of the of the red list. <laughs> the red ones were basically yeah. just as spoiler arbitrary. alert, white is probably second to Lacks last focus. in terms of <laughs> Well, it's it's second to last in terms of relevant tutorability. Um yeah. just not great at finding stuff in general, <laughs> especially like it, it it can't really find stuff through tutoring and it can't really find stuff through drawing extra cards either. So you're just sort of stuck with what you got in your hand a lot of the time in mono white. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll go through some of these categories. Uh, Morgan, if you want to start off here. Uh, uh, sure. So the first yeah. category is, I guess the, the first two categories are kind of one category now since the yeah. era, uh, which is legendary permanence and planeswalkers. Um, there's a few different uh, cards that find the, uh, find those so this class of stuff. Generally, they're not super well costed, um, so so you don't see them you don't see them a ton. Um, but it is call the gate watch, you know. See, yeah, it, it the, like there is some <laughs> ability there. Um, that's like actually, you know. There, there are a lot of effects that are just happen to be stapled to to legendaries that like, uh, you know, we we don't like could certainly see see play if people were looking for that. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the the one probably that's closest to seeing play in a lot of decks right now is just search for glory. Um, obviously, the fact that it can cover like two additional types is pretty nice, but just being able to find legendary stuff sort of neat, especially in colors that need the additional gas. Um, but yeah, I, I I think we're probably going to have to wait a bit to 
see the actual like the actual well costed cards that are on rate for this effect. Um, although I guess we, I guess the redirector became optimistic. actually good. Well, I I think given enough time, it's space that they're sort of like have implicitly stated that they're willing to explore and push a bit. Obviously, as as I was saying, just like the, a redirector being printed and now being actually decent in the format is sort of. Uh, I mean, it, yes, it came from Battle Bond. Yes, it's from like four years ago at this point. Oh God. But anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, like it, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Anyway, Matt, do you want to catch the next one because this is pretty huge as well? Yeah. Um, equipment. Wow. There are There's a big category. A ton. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like our equipment guru of the group. That's for sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Who would you say <laughs> but... is the equipment guru of the <laughs> okay. group, Matt? <laughs> He's talking right now. Uh... It's not me. I mean, yeah. There's anyway. just. There's a fair. I I would say probably equipment is what white currently is. Probably has the most. It's probably and the also yeah. well costed. Yeah, it's it's probably like the largest class of cards that are actually playable in mono white in terms of tutors. Um, I think I think for a lot of them the power level is there and the cost is there. We're just sort of waiting on kind of waiting for an equipment. Good equipment. I mean, we have skull clamp, but there's only so much that you can yeah. do in low color white with skull clamp. Um. Obviously, Cole loves it a bunch, and there are a couple of other Skullclamp decks that love it a lot, but it's sort of... It, I, I feel like probably the best of the bunch right now that we have is just Skullclamp, then maybe, like, GTA or Conqueror's Flail or something to that effect. Um, yeah, Conqueror's Flail definitely rated. What's the Boros one? I'm actually totally blanking now. Fighter class for the tutor? Or is it... No. Oh, Sunforger? Uh, Sunforger, yeah. yeah like, that, yeah, like yeah. Sunforger... I mean, it's broken, but it could definitely just actually break at any moment. Oh yeah, I yeah, I I think the current issue with uh with the equipment tutor in a lot of decks is that like, unfortunately, skull clamp a lot of the time just isn't worth detutoring for, which is sort of like the issue is that like you like you have these detutors that only find skull clamp and skull clamp just isn't good enough a lot of the time. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think, yeah. Like, we're, we're definitely getting more every day. And, of course, Wizards has shown that they're willing to print good equipment in the past few sets. Uh, we just got the disenchant on an equipment. That's pretty nice. Um, but I think we'll probably have to get a wait a bit longer until the... Probably, until, like, until the equipment tutor package becomes, like, fully ubiquitous among, like, low-color white decks. Where it's like, okay, yeah, like, we actually have equipment that's good enough that we just want to fire off tutors for it all the time now. We don't really it's have that ready. yet. And for the person who doesn't know that it's ready, and they do print the card that breaks them, they'll be so happy to find out <laughs> there are a bunch of equipment tutors. Just ready, ready to go, raring to go. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what other people, unironically, are playing Relic Seeker because I keep getting clowned on it <laughs> for playing it, but it's legitimately good. <laughs> anyway, uh, um. And then we have a we have a couple of other ones here. Um, next one is a bit of a meme, but I mean, <laughs> white does find basic planes very well. <laughs> it just can't put them into play. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the classic is tithe here, land tax. Um, just there's there's a bunch of stuff in white that can like produce fake card advantage which is why scroll rack has been seeing play for a while like 
never actually tutors playing, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tithe does, though, because it has to. Because um, it has to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, a bunch of those. Um, I think, that, like, the, the ones that do actually ramp you are conditional based on your opponents having more lands than you, which, um, honestly, sort of rough in CDH. People aren't really raring to put lands into play most of the time. A lot of the ramp comes from non-land mana source, which is sort of rough. Uh, Dockside should have been a white card, fight me. Um, yeah, I don't think know. anyone's going to yeah, fight yeah. you on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There's, it gives you inherent tension in your deck building. Do I play Stony Silence or do I play Dockside Extortion? Oh my gosh. Dude, actually, a white Dockside would probably be worse of the format than a red one. Really? I don't know. I feel like having to split your Dockside and Breach between two different colors makes, like, a lot of, like, helps a lot in terms of... That do- okay, that does help. I was thinking more, like, put, being able to put Dockside into Gracios Timna. Oh sure, I mean that's yeah. Certainly that's disgusting. I'm not gonna, not gonna, yeah. It makes a lot of decisions easy. Certainly, like making it white. There's a lot of trade-offs. It's harder to cast it. Um, like you can't just like ride a flame toxide or whatever, right? Like you actually have to like actively have white mana floating around, which is like it would make mana a lot harder in four color decks. Produce white mana challenge in brackets impossible. (laughs) 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 But Morgan. Four color decks can already produce white, white, white one for Esper Sentinel off of Ranger Captain. Oh, yes, of Shouldn't course. have a problem with Dockside and Mono White anyway. Um, and then yeah, I mean, uh, aside from those, we have like, I think this is your point, Morgan. Oh yeah, there, weirdly there, restricted creatures. Yeah, there's just there's a bunch of uh, of like tutors that get creatures with various restrictions. Obviously, we have like Recruiter of the Guard. Um, Ranger of Aos and Ranger Captain of Aos, plus some stuff that cares about like typing. Um, there's the rebels. Uh, so like you know, there's certainly enough coverage that there's like some access to certain some so something approaching consistent access to certain effects. Um, most notably, I think uh, this plays nicely with uh, the ballista. Like the Heliod Ballista combo, where sure. like, you actually yeah. have a few different ways of getting it. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh... Oh my god, you know what White does? It has a lot of tutoring for cards with specific names. Yeah, it is the Squadron Hawk color. <laughs> and by Squadron Hawk color, I mean there are a lot of Squadron Hawks in White. <laughs> it's not helping you out in this format, but. Nope. In others, you might be happy. There are a ton of those. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, uh, and then I mean, aside from that, I, I, we have, to, we always have to have this discussion when we're talking about white. Um, yeah, it, it tutors for enchantments, sort of, with like two cards. <laughs> Very playable card. It tutors it's, for it, enchantment. Certainly... You can get <laughs> yes. one singular. It's <laughs> so okay. So I, I think, I think, like people, we were talking about this in pre-show. People definitely like at least you used to have the. Uh, the thought process that, like, yeah, white tutors for enchantments because of enlightened tutor specifically, and then like maybe, maybe you're playing uh, what's it called? Idyllic uh, tutor. Idyllic tutor. Um, but realistically, what it actually is is white can tutor for auras. <laughs> um, and Those that's about it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
That's about all I got. Or when it can tutor for enchantments, it's through some pretty expensive and clunky effects. I mean, you're looking at stuff like Lost Auromancers. You're paying five mana or four mana and then waiting four turns. Um, yeah, well, Boonweaver was a thing. Does find auras specifically, yep. <laughs> um, Aura Touched Mage, Totem Guide, Heart Beast. Plea for guidance, six mana, but it's a tutor, technically. It's two, it's a uh, double tutor, Stonks. It is a double tutor. Three dreams, triple tutor for five, value. Big. Can't beat it. Wow. I mean, they're... <laughs> well, that's actually, you might not actually yeah, be able to beat that. I don't, know if the, I don't know if there's any other card that lets you get three... Like, tutor for three cards for for uh, five mana. Okay, <laughs> five mana. Yeah, I was like, I was about to get you like... with your own spice there. <laughs> behold but yeah, the beyond. Five yeah, mana, no. No, no. Yes, come on. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna forget about behold the beyond. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so that's that's basically all White Scott tutors for. Um, as you can sort of see, it's it's pretty limited in terms of like actual useful card types. Um, for CDH specifically, um. There are like some good tutors, uh, like basically specifically enlightened tutor. Um, but anything aside from that, it gets either very situational or the rate is just so bad that it's not even worth it. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's about all of White's strengths, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the strengths. Now let's yeah. Get the weaknesses. Yeah. Uh. Um. So as you'll see on the shift from uh sort of its its strengths or key themes of white cards and ZH to its weaknesses. Um this is probably you probably will have seen this in the title because I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up using this as the title for the uh for the episode. Thanks Matt, much appreciated. Um but yeah, white white is really just fair to a fault. Or it's too it's too fair for its own good. It's too symmetrical for its own good. Um I think that was your I think that was your title, man. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, you came up with the idea to make the title. Make so it a title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Credits to Matt on this one. Um, anyway, yeah. So re- really, like the core core issues with um, white, and we'll we'll break it down a bit more into like actual more pinpoint issues. But the core issues with white really is that it's just too fair for its own good. Um, it, it's trying to do stuff at too too slow of a pace, too bad of a rate, not unfair enough to like really really be like a super be super good in CH in terms of like actually pressuring stuff and getting stuff done. It's pretty great at stopping people from doing stuff, but that's that's a whole different thing. Although we we did I feel like we covered that pretty comprehensively. Um so anyway, yeah. In terms of actual like more pinpoint weaknesses, um Morgan, do you want to start us off on these? Uh sure. Yeah. So I mean the first the first one is uh card draw. The Wizards has been extremely reluctant to uh, print anything that resembles drawing cards in white. I remember there was much fanfare made about how white was getting a card draw spell uh, that I believe turned out... Uh, this was in uh, in Throne of Eldraine. I believe it turned out to be Happily Ever After, which, first of all... It draws card, not cards. And second of all, it also draws your opponents a card. Uh, and I think that's well. There, no, no, there, there's the, the other one, right? The other one. Uh, there was the there was the sorcery that drew everybody cards. <laughs> there was the what? There was like the three mana one that draws everybody three cards, right? <laughs> maybe. But 
Uh, the point is, neither of those effects are good. Yes, um, <laughs> it's, it's secret secret rendezvous for the record in Strixhaven. Yeah, like so. There's yeah. there's a couple uh, there's a couple cards that are like decent, um, or, or sorry, not not cards. There's like a couple of ways that White can draw cards. Usually, like on the back of some other effect, uh, with cards like you know Mentor of the Meek or like Pure Steel Paladin and Sram. There are cards that you know for playing other cards will let you draw um or you'll see the effect on just like uh the the place that you'll actually see um draw effects in white on like probably the highest volume of cards is just like the bad draft commons that needed an additional thing on them so that they weren't just unpickable so like you'll see like a lot of healing salves with draw card tacked on or like like very minor combat tricks for like one mana with a draw card tacked on that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and there's a couple other things that like let you draw cards, uh, you know, based on being behind. Um, but but generally, there's just not a lot of ways to consistently be generating card advantage, uh, in those colors, and it seems like. There's probably not going to be. Yeah, I I can't imagine. Like, I I think there's been a lot of um complaining about the lack of card advantage in white from the EDH community at large. But it's like, <laughs> I I think Wizards fixing that or like getting people to complain less isn't going to come from good card draw. It's going to come from like just card draw in some form that isn't necessarily at a great rate. Yeah, uh, they've definitely. I I I don't mind. They've been experimenting. Like I think the getting back cheap cards is like kind of an interesting way to go for a way to generate card advantage. But I think unfortunately, effects like that in EDH are kind of sufficiently narrow that uh, it's it's hard to like justify. You know, like, like you have to have a certain level of consistency in these effects in your deck that you're just not going to have when you're playing 100-card singleton um, for, for that to, like, work in EDH, even if it might work in, like, standard or modern or some other format like that. Yeah. It... Yeah. Basically, our only hope is for... Wizards to just forget about some edge case and print a really strong effect in the command zone. <laughs> yeah, the effect is also just like sort of low power in terms of like really you want effects in like to produce cards in EDH for the most part. Like they're really the the best effects that can produce cards are the ones that like um scale with actions from your opponents or scale from just having more opponents. Um, and you you probably won't see that like the get back cheap stuff effect be stapled onto anything um, with those interactions for the most part. I I can't imagine it anyway. Yeah, so. it definitely sounds like a wonky card. <laughs> for yeah. each opponent, choose a permanent with CMC two or less. Yeah, what, or like what? <laughs> or like it immediately gets busted if it's like whatever an opponent does something you like pay one and get back like a small dude or something like that it, it just yeah it all gets wonky very quickly return a permanent with cmc less than the amount of opponents you have <laughs> <laughs> hey man if they print it at zero mana <laughs> i'm down <laughs> yeah. else no 
and a cantrip. Just the white, the white Phyrexian mana version of the card. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 sort of the huge one. Um, next up, we have another pretty glaring like like, weakness for. I feel like this is just this as huge, next but... one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You want to cover it? Explosiveness. Uh, white just does not have. It. I mean, it just basically has the tools to play one card every turn. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it might be a very good card, but it's still a card, a card every turn. <laughs> but that's not really the CEDH mindset. So, unfortunately. But, you know, it has has its plethora of artifact ramp, obviously, but that's about it. Um, it doesn't even, like, like, it doesn't even really have that much artifact ramp. Like, it has the signets and stuff. Yeah, and, losing but, talismans like, is tough. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, like, specifically for Mono White, but... Um, no, it's not the density you would that you would like. It's not like yeah. where you can just have this insane density of dorks. Um, it's not like red where you just get to cheat mana, and then I guess the same goes for black. Uh, and then even blue, just yeah. like the fact that blue can sort of cheat mana in a lot of scenarios. I mean, blue is sort of like the untapped color in a lot of ways, and then it also just finds artifacts pretty nicely. Yeah, and it makes um, up for it card Yeah. Exactly, and like the card quality is just there. Um, you do a lot of just more explosive stuff. It does, like blue has also just like the combos that can do stuff ready to go. Um, that makes it more explosive, sort of inherently. White just doesn't. It just <laughs> you don't really get ahead on mana when you're playing white. You don't really get ahead on cards a lot of the time. Um, immediately anyway, like. Pretty much anything that white is doing on its own is going to take a very long time to execute. It's white tends to play out over a very long time span, um, compared to other colors in terms of like its main game plan. Yeah, and like if if your impact is like I guess impact technically counts as explosiveness, as explosiveness. But if you're if you're actually just playing one card a turn, but you're genuinely impacting the board, um, that's fine. But I also don't think that white really has that impact i mean i'd say that's it's strong i wouldn't call that explosive like it, it could be strong without being explosive it's just like it it's never it, it feels like it's never explosive it feels like it it feels like for a lot of the time like in uh white primary game plans in cdh you can sort of just like see stuff coming it, it feels like there's a lot fewer surprises coming out of white than there are just with other colors to me yeah, I think I think if White genuinely could lock the board down consistently with few cards, I would I would call that explosive. But I don't know. Like if you can if you can expect out of a White deck to just genuinely execute well on like a stacks plan and also be breaking parity with it in the early game, I think that would be explosive. But I don't know. Anyway, that's like it's not really the point. We're, we're talking <laughs> about mana. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking about mana. Yeah. Um. And really, I mean that—that's the—that's another weakness of white is just like the, uh, just more specifically than explosiveness, just the mana problem. Um, in pretty much every way, it just doesn't really produce mana all that well. As I was saying, okay, so white doesn't really get, get cards, and it doesn't get <laughs> mana. So what else does it not do? <laughs> um, well, I mean this is sort of the same as a bunch of the other colors, but even more so. Um, so you do have silence effects. But aside from that, you're sort of dead on the stack a lot of the time. Um, you just don't really, you don't really do a whole lot at instant speed for the most part. Um, certainly, there are some impactful instants uh, and some cards with flash, but 
realistically, white tends to play out at sorcery speed a lot of the time too. Um, so you're really you're really not gonna be like holding up mana or doing stuff on other people's turns unless you're doing specifically like activated abilities, and even then, it's gonna be pretty narrow. Um, it technically has counter spells. I don't know what you're does. talking about. Has mana tithe and lapse of certainty. Lapse. Lapse of certainty. That's the one. I was like, it's not memory lapse. That's that's Dan Dan card. That's a better <laughs> card. The other one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, those are sort of the core. It 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 sounds like it it sounds like a small number of points in white weaknesses, but unfortunately, they're all like pretty extensive weaknesses in terms of like how deep they go. Um, and how crucial they are to playing CDH. So it's a bit unfortunate, but um, in terms of shoring up those abilities, we will move on to the next section here, um, which I think is the last section anyway, um, which is how how does white pair with other colors? Uh, when you get past mono color, and when you get past sort of just like white's inherent um, stuff that it does on its own, uh, how, do, how does throwing in other colors to it affect it? Um, and we'll go through each of the two color pairings that uh, white can pair up with and just sort of talk about what the other color adds to white and how it affects white game, white's game plan. Um, so I guess we'll uh, start off with blue-white. Uh, blue-white is um, the, sort of the classic control pairing in every format. Um, Blue offers the stack interaction to complement white's permanent-based interaction. Uh, blue uh, shores up, actually, a fair amount of the value issues with white. Um, being able to draw cards is a really big deal. Uh, being able to produce cards to actually, like, continue to play your white stuff. And really, more card selection is the value here for uh, white getting out of blue, at least in my opinion, of just, yeah. like, being able to have the right cards on time. Which, spoiler alert, is sort of a, a benefit for some of the other colors here as well. But and sort of one of the the key issues of white is the uh, it's it's the same issue that mid range has in other formats, which is the mid range problem is you draw the wrong answers for the wrong matchups, and that's also sort of white's problem is that like you just there's such a variety of effects that you want, and you just can't find any of them consistently um, a lot of the time in model white. So blues blues version of shoring up that weakness is just allowing you to see more cards in a game. Um, in order to find access to those effects. Yeah, honestly, I would say that's like just such a key piece. Oh yeah, I mean, and then also, I mean, along such with a huge stuff, difference. Yeah, white blue also adds some win cons. Um, it's nice to be able to have access to stuff like Icecrown Scepter. Um, now Hullbreaker Core, that kind of stuff. Um, I get technically Shift Lash is a thing, but oh boy, that's a, a tall order for mm -hmm. these decks. Um, aside from that, I, I feel like I'm missing a combo, but I could be yeah. completely wrong. Um, I think I think the artifact tutoring helps a lot with White's win conditions because like, it's like getting for like hell. <laughs> I don't like I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's whatever. Oh, I guess actually, you know what? You know what the actual huge one is here is uh, <laughs> reality chips, since you can actually tutor for your future site with your <laughs> equipment tutors. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, it. We it's did it. that's yeah. That's that's the equipment that you need to be able to tutor for consistently. Just get a future site. <laughs> All it took was to think about white for more than an hour. Yep. 
took us a bit. Definitely, definitely thought about that one two hours ago when we were doing show notes and not just immediately right now. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that's little blue whites thing. Um, it, it's yeah, blue white still tends to be pretty slow in the format just because uh, white doesn't offer again a whole lot of fast stuff. So you sort of just want to take things slow, whether that means like a control axis or. Uh, like a stacks axis or like a mid-range sort of thing. Um, you're, you're almost still never going fast here in these colors. Um, no. Which sort of might be changed by the next one. Uh, Morgan, I think we have the most to say about this. <laughs> sorry. For, sorry, for the next color combination. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was like... Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, the next color combination is, of course, black-white. Uh, and black-white has always been in a very awkward spot, I think it has to be said, because you, you don't have, like, basically, you know, white, as we said, sort of tends to want to go slow, you know, have, like, have a lot of these disruptive effects, um, and black is, like, kind of the opposite of that. Uh, where, like, you have, you know, your tutors and your rituals and just all the stuff to, like, really execute your game plan quickly, but then your game plan is to play a bunch of cards and wait around. Um, and so there's just a lot of internal tension, like, people try and do, you know, Razaketh things or whatever, um, but, like, a lot of white strength is in, you know, hate bears that make it hard to play Razaketh. Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, th things like that. Um, or, like, you, you try to go into stacks, and it's like, well, I guess I'll play some black cards, but, like, I'm not taking it full advantage of a lot of what black's doing. I'm just sort of, like, putting tears in the deck and calling it a day. Or I'm doing the black thing and playing a bunch of really explosive cards and trying to go, like, turbo ad nauseum, and then I'm just, like, playing exactly the silences, I guess. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's just it's just you can't undersell like being able to tutor for the right paper though, which is like such a weakness. but but the the problem it's is is that there's it. not like black tutors are obviously really good, but there's not that many of them that are good. Like in in the way that green can just like tutor random creatures and not have to like really yeah. strongly yeah. consider is spending this tutor on I don't know opposition agent gonna mean that like like how much does that delay me assembling some game winning combo and when you have like vamp demonic seal diabolic intent maybe wish claw like spending one of those to find that perfect hate bear like there's there's a decent chance you don't see another tutor before the game ends <laughs> yeah spending spending a card in white means you're passing the turn to rule law yeah <laughs> that's the big one too is just there's also yeah there, there, dude there's there's internal tension in this color pairing like all the way down the yeah. chain it's like yeah. yeah like the tutors are great except they're also just like not good with the rule of laws so like are are we just accepting that that's an attention and that the cards are just good enough on their own that we can afford the anti-synergy but like yeah there's just like so much there but you do get access to the best light card i'm sorry i mean black card op opposition agent <laughs> <laughs> just i i love i love that white getting opposition agent like for any other color it's like pretty great for white is just like well I'm, i guess i'm just like shedding my 
worse opposition agent and just putting op agent in my deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the the but, last the last yeah. d defining feature of the black saving white grace. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. The reason why you're playing white in the first <laughs> yeah. place. Uh, there's a, there's a, a little card called Timna the Weaver, who has single-handedly made <laughs> white-black X archetypes playable for is like, a very long time. It's is white like, because Timna has lifelink. <laughs> <laughs> and just a cleric. You can't forget Timna being oh, a yeah, cleric. It's a cleric. <laughs> But it like actually yeah. like I, this is my hot take for the episode. Actually, like has has an argument for being the strongest commander ever printed. I, I <laughs> but like is so is so not representative of black white as a color combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the second best piece of text on it is partner. It's just uh, it's it's just so good. It's like it's it's hilarious because it's like the bet. It's possibly like, in contention for the best commander of all time, and we had this discussion pre-show, is legitimately just the best white-black card of all time in CDH. Yeah, and it's not Like, nothing, like nothing else even comes particularly <laughs> close. Cool. Like, the next closest thing is probably, like, Vindicate. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't see play in anything. Yeah, play, yeah. Um, or, like, if you count lands, I guess. But even then, I would take I, I would take Tim over a scrubland a hundred over a hundred times. Yep. Uh, unless I don't have land. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, honestly... Unless I'm allowed to resell it. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's black white. So that's sort of fun. Um, it's actually it actually dovetails into our next section pretty or into our next color combination pretty well because the sort of the the issue that we were talking about with tutors gets sort of gets solved by this one if you want to um catch it matt yeah this is basically my safe space in cdh but, uh, <laughs> green white <laughs> green white like actually showing up all of the weaknesses we mentioned um so on one hand ramp obviously is there and yeah. unlike black which cheats on mana you can actually make white mana with green cards and also, um, like, the fact that it's not explosive mana, like white, like Black's mana. Like, Black's mana is all, like, super explosive, s single turn, like, you use it that turn, um, all that it, stuff. It plays in the white's thing, with it, yeah. which is to be consistent and to, like, you know, commit resources, so, like, and actually... Do its thing every turn. Reusable mana. Um, great. Uh, I mean, I think it's, I guess in some way, green kind of makes up for the card advantage a little bit, because, you know, going from no, like, none to some... I'd say it definitely... almost certainly does, especially with the next thing that you're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, on one hand, you also get access to all the, like, the tutors you want, because, like, a lot of white stacks, and generally speaking, good hate pieces are creatures. In addition to that, a lot of white's kind of A's and D's are creatures. So you're kind of enabling your game plan, and you're also creating ways of winning um yeah and also and then, like the uh well and also the um sort of the like the it, it's sort of interesting in that like 
so the bulk of the tutors are there like morgan was saying earlier with like black you only have so many playable tutors they're all really good tutors but you only have so many green you sort of have a super large range of tutors that you can play and if you want to just like play 15 creature tutors in your deck you can and it sort of like relieves the mentality of like do i want to spend this tutor because you can almost assuredly be like sure that if you need to find another green tutor over a long game you probably can yep it kind of yeah it, it's also like if you need to make one play and tutors are generally speaking well green creature tutors are generally speaking expensive relatively um you do get to like make sure you actually get the right creature rather than rather than you know drawing seven random light cards and hoping you always have the right one for the moment right which is not the case there's also the sort of the hidden uh anti-anti synergy here which is that again like comparing it to black because this is like <laughs> it's, it's like green compliments what we're getting at here is green compliments white in all the ways that black doesn't um like green's tutors also they're almost always to board tutors which means that you're not actually wasting a turn under rule of law because you're just putting the thing directly yeah. into play actually goes right to play yeah it just it just does everything <laughs> green green white <laughs> name a more iconic pairing actually don't remember exactly what we put for the like white green like in the green episode the other, other side of this let's yeah. you know what let's, I, i'm pretty let's sure we cool. talked about how you now have good cards to find with all the creature tutors which is mm, yep <laughs> yeah hilarious because the other half of that one with the green black sort of immediately went down the drain as soon as South Asian got printed but still holds up for this one um <laughs> uh yeah it just it just provides a bunch um yeah i mean i i, I think that's all we really have to say about green white it's just good <laughs> it's like maybe maybe the maybe like the most synergistic pairing of colors after blue black maybe I don't know. I, and even then, maybe it's, maybe it's, it's just, up there. Maybe it's just, it it's just more... It might just be more synergistic more, than yeah. blue-black, but, like, less powerful on the whole. Once again, safe space. It just feels good to play. I don't know, man. Blue-red blue, blue <laughs> has some synergy, that's for sure. Blue-red does. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I guess, I guess the one thing that, that green doesn't really solve for white is uh, efficient win-con, specifically. Um, it doesn't give you a whole lot of, like, actually being able to win the game early, so you don't, you don't really get explosiveness out of green. Like, green doesn't make white explosive. It just, like, no. makes white better at all the stuff that it's already doing. It, it also kind of lets white not need to be explosive more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just comes from the, the consistent mana acceleration, right? Is that, like, you're, yeah. you're not explosive, but you just do better stuff over the same span of time. The game plan is quicker and more consistent. What more could you ask for? Uh, and then finally, I think we went over this in uh, the red episode. Is, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, we have Boros. Red, white. Um, <laughs> what what a tragedy of a color pairing, really. Although, it, it, I mean, it's, I feel like it's been a... It's definitely been redeemed in recent years. It feels like um, in the before times of like before partners were um omnipresent um boros seemed like it was just like the worst color combination for a really long yeah. time 
I feel like we've seen a lot more exploration recently of like what Boros as a color combination actually means that's sort of produced fruits in terms of just playable commanders and playable strategies and stuff. I think I'd rather play red-white. Okay, discounting the most popular red-white commander, I think I'd rather play red-white than black-white. Oh, almost certainly, yeah. I mean, even just like in terms of cards at this point, like if if you couldn't play a commander, I think Boros might just still be better than yeah, without commanders. Borosov at this point without commanders, just because like the well, the stuff yeah, that Boros uh, does that is just so tough. much more in line with what each of the individual colors is doing. <laughs> what Morgan? Do you want to get your quote out of the way here? Because it's, oh. a, it's a it really is a great <laughs> yeah. quote that sums this up. <laughs> My quote is that uh, Winota isn't a color identity. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yes, it is. We'll definitely we're we're definitely talking about Boros here, but we aren't necessarily talking about specifically Winota because Winota is a whole other deal that like pulls way too much weight out of the command zone to make meaningful conclusions on what Boros actually does. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. That hate to say it, but uh that one's just a little, too a little, good. little broken. Just just a touch. Yep. I mean, it's, it's what, it's a four of in a tier one deck in Pioneer, like, <laughs> just, oh yeah, my God. dominated standard for a while, it feels like, just putting in Age of Treacheries. Pioneer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of, like, what Boros actually does, um, it, it's got some pretty neat stuff. Um, it definitely has the, this is Matt's point, thanks, but it definitely... No Red offers the other half of the equipment payoffs slash equipment tutors stuff. Um, so just the ability to um, like weld your equipment around. Uh, you pick up Sunforger off of this color pairing, which is probably the best equipment to just blind tutor for. Um, like irrespective of the other stuff that you have going on, um, she's got a bunch of great stuff. Uh, with the Sort of like the tutors that you already that you already have access to. Red white's pretty great at leveraging. There's those a lot tutors. of just there's a lot of red equipment draw kind of synergy, mm. and that shores up the uh, card advantage <laughs> problem. Yeah, that one too. Um, I mean, especially considering the equipment themselves that actually draw. I mean, you can play SoFi in mono white, um, but it's sort of like less <laughs> stuff like that feels less impactful than when you also have other like powerful stuff going on from red. Um, this, this color combination is also sort of weird because it, it, it seems like it gets more. It seems like this is really the color combination that actually makes white m the most explosive out of all the two color combination stuffs. Because black doesn't actually do like much to interact with white. It, you just sort of put the black cards in a white deck, and now you just have a black white deck. Um, red actually sort of synergizes with the way that white wants to play while also giving it a bit of speed in terms of like fast mana. You have obviously red is the current ritual color. You have Dockside, you have a bunch of other stuff. Your like equipment tutors actually tutor for stuff that like you use that mana reasonably well. So like you don't necessarily force into having to playing or force into having to play like stacks to do your stuff, although it's still certainly a viable option in the colors. Um it also gives you geeky combos, creature combos, which is sort of nice. Uh, we have creature combos here on the show notes. <laughs> Were there any more that somebody was uh, actually yeah, thinking Yeah, it might have just been geeky, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, it works. Good enough. Because you have, a, you have Splinter Twin as well with exactly Village Bell Ringer, I guess. Um, 
yeah, you know you like it basically. it offers it offers some stuff you got more stuff going on than just a mono white um but unfortunately i mean we still have this color combination bogged down by sort of the eternal plague of boros which is it, there's just so much combat in these colors <laughs> and hit. none of it is particularly good for cdh aside from you know the winota she who shall not be named It'll happen once we just get the density of combat. I think we're just waiting for density, right? <laughs> just <laughs> how many Sarah sentences can they print before <laughs> combat actually becomes a thing? Uh, Seventy Sarah sentences wouldn't even do it. Yeah, we're, we're actually maybe it would. I I think like the only time you're gonna see, uh, yeah, it's just, like the only time we're ever gonna actually see um, what's it called uh. Like combat be a thing is with undercosted threats, like it, irrespective of the command zone, rather, um, is with undercosted threats, and I feel like just red white just isn't the color for undercosted threats right now. It's just that's just all greens territory currently. Um, but yeah, so those are those are our color pairings. Unless anybody wants to get another uh, get another point about any of these, but I feel like we covered them pretty comprehensively there. Oh yeah, that's five. Good stuff. Um, that's actually our main topic uh, wrapped up. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that was pretty good. We got got some got some good stuff in on uh, how white goes. Um, but next up, we have everybody's favorite segment on the podcast. Get check. Get check. Get check. <laughs> And our gut check today comes to you courtesy of Matt. Yeah. All right, guys. Dig deep in your brain, okay? Because this is going to be a tough one. Oh, no. So, you know how we decided on what the fourth best combo in the five oh, is, right? <laughs> okay. What is the tenth best mana rock? Tenth best mana tenth rock. Tenth best mana rock. Okay, I need to use some scribe while digging for this. Yeah, we're going to have to be... <laughs> Just search for artifacts with mana abilities sort by EDA track. Uh, so it would have to be. I picked ten. I haven't actually gone through this list. I th I think ten is enough where we get into that controversy territory. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you consider the expendable rocks mana rocks? I'm assuming sure. you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you actually might have been right on the dot with ten. I knew it had to be a big number, but I felt if we if I went if I went any deeper than ten, like it would just take too long. Oh, actually, you know what? I th I think I got a good one. I think I think. Yeah. Uh, I have one that... Mm. I'm still making my way down. Down. Walking fast. <laughs> I'm at eight. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, I like, I could under-level this one a bit. I feel like it kind of depends on a little bit on what we're defining as a mana rock. Yeah, that's fine. Alright, I guess I'll just go with mine. 
Arcane Signet. Mm. Wow. Interesting. What do you think? That's I I think it's pretty good. I think it's better think, than ten. Yeah. I think it's better than ten. I think it's about on par with ten. Um mine I think is actually Springleaf Drum. <laughs> Springleaf Drum's good. Uh, I don't know about, about ten that. on the dot though. So I'll It's good. I can I can explain the pick if you guys want. I know it defeats yeah. the purpose of gut check, but I don't think we. I don't think well, that's ever okay, stopped us Morgan before. Goes, so sure. okay, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm sure. His, I'm sure his isn't Springleaf. It, 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 <laughs> it is. It is. Maybe maybe mine's the spiciest. Uh, Talisman of Dominance. That's. I was hung up wow, on Arcane Signet and Talisman of Dominance, but I think that Talisman of Dominance is just. 11. <laughs> okay, so you said you said expendable mana rocks, so I'd say, like, my... The top ones for me, right, are, like, probably Soaring, Mana Crypt, Chromox, Mox Diamond, and then Mana Vault, Grim Monolith, Lotus Petal, and then I have Mox Opal and Mox Amber as the last to finish off my 9. I, I just don't... I oh, don't think I those are better than 2 mana rocks. 10. Okay. I think they're narrow so enough that I... Okay. I think sure. I think Mox Opal beats it out specifically because of ad nauseum, which kind of sucks. But so I, I'm saying I I said Springleaf Drum because I feel like Springleaf Drum has like the power ceiling on Springleaf Drum is just a lot better than the power ceiling on the two mana rocks, in terms of like when you pair it with stuff that like doesn't already tap for mana, and when you can consistently have the body in play, it's just better <laughs> a lot of the time. And it's just like super strong in those situations. The, those because the fact those like wins are uh. like concerning to me, for sure. But but that's why like I that's why I have it in the top ten is just because like I I it, I think it appears enough in decks, and I think the the spike is just so high that I I would put it up there. I but I understand taking something like but a like I, I don't know it just what decks like what decks are you playing it in. <laughs> Not, not like you specifically, sorry? <laughs> yeah, so, so you're sacrificing a whole partner for Springleaf Drum, pretty much. Well, and Mox Amber and Paradise Mantle, sure. Sure, yeah. but like, that's, sure, the card is good with a Rograk, I'm not gonna deny that. Right. But like, that's not, like, Talisman of Dominance is good with anything in blue and black? Like, like I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, I think that, you're often looking at like just too much of like too much has to go right for that card to be good. Obviously Rograk makes like removes one step, but also is an O one with no relevant abilities. Um sure. And like a bunch of the other you know, a bunch of the other stuff that you're that you're looking at is like uh, you know, even if you're if you're looking at like a Thrasios deck, where like yeah, it's it's two mana commander and you always want to have it in play, sure makes sense. Except then you're also like, is this an oof Thrasios deck? Like, it's a, a lot of the stuff that it's good with is cheap, like decks that are consistently putting out cheap creatures, which happen to be green and therefore generally have better options than <laughs> Springleaf Drum and yeah. want to play... Wait, hot take, okay? What if you staple a Springleaf Drum or give a Springleaf Drum legs? Hmm. 
What would that it's card called look like? Cerulean Caretaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's what. Do you and, need? And it's to... also the creature that you get to tap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, it is in fact called Cerulean Caretaker. It's a, it's a bird of paradise. <laughs> I was like, is that, yeah. is that the right one? There's also there's a, there are a couple of that effect, but yeah. Okay. Well. Nice. Got some. I think we got some good takes in there. Uh, this is also I, a, I think, a gut check I think format that can be very much repeated. <laughs> <laughs> Just forever. Uh, I think... Uh, I think I think I might have the... Tom and Nance. Hey, where is, I, where is I, I Arcane I have, Signet for sorry? you, Morgan? Like, where is Arcane Signet on your list? Eighth. Eight? It, went, uh, it was Arcane Signet, Felwar Stone, Talisman of Dominance was ten. <laughs> I had... Oh yeah, I totally forgot. About I had Chromox, uh, Cro like Mana Crypt Soaring, Chromox, Mox Diamond, Mana Vault, Grim Monolith, Lotus Petal, uh, Signet Stone, sig or Talisman. I okay. I I had. I mean, it's not. This isn't the actual question, but I had Basalt Monolith in my ten because just combos. <laughs> like that actually. Yeah, is I mean, sure. Reasonable enough. Uh. All right, so I, I will say I think I have the niche market cornered on this gut check. I think I'm going to get some people coming out of the woodworks to support this. So if you're listening to this and you agree with the Springleaf Drum take, make sure to vote in the Discord. Wow. Anyway, it's a shame. It's a shame Linden <laughs> wasn't here to vote, vote for arcane or to vote for arcane denial. You know, like just. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, now that we're good with gut check. Uh, we'll move on to the last portion of our show, um, which we haven't actually done in a few episodes. It feels like. Um, I could be wrong, but anyway, we're going to cover some listener questions. Be specific, a listener question. <laughs> um, so this listener question comes from uh, Papaphobia. Uh, Papaphobia says, were you surprised to see, and this is a callback to Marchesa, um, because we didn't really have time to do this last episode, so we'll do it now. Papaphobia says, were you surprised to see a Cody deck make top 16 at Marchesa, or was it expected? I know in the podcast you guys talk about thinking that the meta has evolved to expect Cody now, so I was curious what you uh, thought about that placement um not yeah, surprised I mean... at all honestly <laughs> the deck is good and also apparently we had enough of effect on the opinion that it also was perceived to be bad <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know not surprised at all yeah i mean i feel i like i'm so i i it's it's sort of hard to separate in terms of just like visibility it's i feel like it's sort of hard to separate my or i guess our collective opinion on taking cody to a tournament versus seeing cody taken to a tournament um because i feel like a lot of the time when we're talking about like cody in the context of the podcast or whenever any of us are talking about it it's usually in context of like would i play cody in a tournament um right now and i think the answer for all of us is probably no right now still um I don't think any of us would like actively choose to bring Cody to a tournament. Um, but that being said, it's not because we don't think it's like completely unwinnable that you can't like win games with it in a tournament. It's just because we feel like it takes agency out of our hands to play Cody in a tournament currently, where like you just have to rely on the table not doing the thing and you doing the thing. Um, and I, I don't think the the risk reward skews the right way um, right now, like it did uh, like coming to Tier One Con or whatever. 
uh, like right now, the risk reward probably skews negative on that, but it doesn't mean that it can't do well, right? <laughs> like, it's still a pretty great deck that could just completely wreck tables that aren't super. Yeah, I, I also, I, also, I think, I think the meta can shift enough. Uh, yeah, I think the meta can sh like churn enough away from quote unquote being prepared for Cody that there'd be room for it at a tournament. I also think like the reason I wouldn't want to, or like I don't necessarily think it was a particularly great tournament deck is not um because like i don't think it will win you know its share of games or whatever or, or in swiss i think there's like uh we we talked about this a bit with um we, uh, no no we we've talked about this in the context of winota where um like the, the issue with it is not that you'll never win it's that like you'll run into a pod where the pod decides that you lose and so when you have single elimination rounds playing a deck like that becomes extremely risky um because like if your pod just decides hey we're not letting you win like then you just die in the semis, right? Like even even if a bunch of people let yeah. you get, get... <laughs> for yeah, example, exactly. Yeah, like exactly what happened to me, and like the same thing can happen with Winota. It's less about like a decision with Winota and more about the matchup, yeah. uh, where some like you just kind of have a zero percent matchup against like creature combo decks, um, or anything. It's not yeah, just like um, but like or whatever, so. Just, yeah. A deck that even if I think, you know, it might do well in, say, a league, um, in tournaments there are games that you have to win, and with a deck like Cody, you have some number of games that you can't win, and that is obviously, there's some tension there. Yeah. I think a I mean, post-ban meta, I'd actually pick Cody. Like, fresh post-ban. Like something like like post flashban if Cody were a deck, I would have that would definitely would have crushed the tournament. Would you would you play it like post Oracle ban like Oracle gets banned? Or post tournament Oracle like band? like a week later there's a tournament you just bring Cody. Well, maybe not Oracle because how does Cody just do bre Oracle? breach stuff? Maybe just do breach stuff. Just breach, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Actually, well, post post Oracle is actually a tough one because oh, I can see a lot of people going. Too much? Like, like no, 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 not not that specifically. I think there would, I think the medic would kind of like accurately shift into a bit more stack tier stuff, which would be a problem. But I think in like potentially you know, like the stacks that they are playing doesn't hit you, right? Because maybe rule of laws are less valuable, so you just like go play other stuff instead. I don't know. Okay, like would like a dockside ban? Would you bring the deck after that? I think I would. Okay. There's just like a post ban shock, and it's like a, like an irrational shock that people kind of just move to their brews or like other decks, you know. And that's just the perfect metagame. like a me like a meta game essentially not prepared for Cody. Hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Local yeah, maybe it. specifically. Stuff to say, which is funny because it's. Maybe the highest one on the list. Well, actually, the, no, yeah, Dockside is. What am I saying? Because Dockside actually gets mentioned in, like, by the RC. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it really 
uh, pathophobia. It it really boils down to um. I like across the. I I think the a lot of the negative feelings about Cody can really be boiled down to uh a relatively hostile meta and a lack of player agency, um. And also, yeah, like. Uh, yeah, what, what Morgan was saying is that, like, I think it's, as well, it's, like, we're not surprised to see Cody make top 16. We would be very surprised to see Cody t make top 4 or win a tournament. Um, I mean, I... In the current you, meta. It, like, it's, you could certainly have a Cody deck make uh, top, top four, 4. But, yeah, I think, like, just sure, basically yeah. the more... The more uh, single elimination rounds there are, the the harder it is for Cody. Man, the behavior around Cody, like political behavior, reminds me a lot of like Rhystic Study and Remora, but in kind of the opposite way. Because Cody has yeah. all of the certainty built in. Like, you know that you can't, like, if, if Cody were a tax, right, you know you have to pay the tax. Yeah. Where Rhystic Study, for some reason, it's the complete opposite. And it somehow still surprises people when. You know, Eurystic someone with a Rhystic Study draws yeah. 10 cards and then you lose to that player. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird. Well, I think I think we've adequately answered the uh, question. Um, again, in terms of listener questions, uh, all of our patrons can submit listener questions uh, in our private patron channels, and we'll try our best to answer them uh, on the podcast. Otherwise, for everybody else, we still have a uh, public listener questions submission channel so if you have anything that you want desperately to be answered on the uh podcast or off it just uh throw them in there throw it in general on uh the discord whatever um and we'll try to get around to it try to answer it for you uh but on that note i think we're about to wrap it up for this episode um if anybody would like to reach out to us with any questions comments or concerns you can contact us on twitter at into the north pod via our email at into the north podcast at gmail.com or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for the show and allow us to work toward improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we're at patreon.com slash into the North podcast. Another way you can support us is via our TCG player affiliate link. Anytime you want to purchase something from TCG player, if you use our affiliate link, which is in the description of the episode, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our video editor, Manta Ray Hat. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then. <laughs>